Welcome back to the official SEC Slow Smoked Podcast. I'm your host, Holt Norris, joined by my good friend Jordan Brooks. We call him JB. What's going on, JB? Feeling fantastic, Holt. Um, obviously, as time as we're recording this podcast, John Brandt has made his return to the NBA and to the sporting world with a big buzzer beater in New Orleans. Um, did you happen to see that? Um, no, I didn't. I did uh, I did see the, the replay. I was not watching it live, but it's good to see the city of Memphis finally has something to get excited about. It does. Thursday night in Memphis is going to be lit. John Morant's first home game in Memphis. Uh, as you know, both of us, uh, we are based out of Memphis, so uh, we both uh, like the Memphis Grizzlies too. We like John Morant and hope to see that comeback story succeed. Yeah, but this is uh, this is our college football podcast, JB. Um, so we are going to focus on uh, college football for the rest of the show. Um, we did Fine not, by me. We did not have a podcast last week because I was out of the country. did have a, a awesome – I actually wasn't outside the country. I was in the U.S. Virgin Islands, but – um, fun times, fun times down there. I didn't realize how far south it was. Yeah, but, Oliver uh, Anthony would like it for you on an island somewhere. Yep, that's right. <laughs> and I did, I did drive by, uh, or I don't know what you call when you go buy something on a boat. Do you, do you float by? Do you motor by? How, how does that work? What's that uh, called? I I, we did, by. we did go by uh, Epstein Island though. I did see it. I don't know. I guess I just float. Yeah, I floated by Epstein Island. Cruised. I, I think cruised. I saw. I think I saw by. Bill Clinton stick his head out of a bush. Oh no! All right, but uh, that said, um, we're just gonna go ahead and uh, get into it. Um, today's podcast, we're just gonna um, go ahead and give our uh, spread picks for the rest of the bowl games, um, and then we'll go ahead and give you guys an update on all the things that are happening in the portal. So it's a lot to keep up with. So we're gonna try to keep you guys informed. Um, on all the things that are going on um, with all the SEC teams. That said, JB, are you ready to go ahead and get started uh, on the spread picks? Let's get cracking. Crack a lacking. All right. And uh, we'll go ahead and uh, pick up right where we left off on our last podcast with uh, Thursday night's matchup between South Florida and Syracuse. Syracuse is a three point favorite, and their quarterback, Garrett Schrader, is not going to be playing in this game due to injury. I'm going to go with South Florida plus three here. Yeah, I'm gonna have to agree with you. I mean, uh, year one coach for uh, for South Florida, I feel like that bowl game is always big um, for a first year head coach trying to build that momentum going into his first uh, all season. Yep, so uh, big matchup, and um, yeah, we're gonna go with South Florida as well to cover that three points. Um, then Friday, we got Georgia Tech and UCF. A couple of uh, former SEC quarterbacks going at it in this one. UCF is a four and a half point favorite. JB, I'm gonna go with UCF minus four and a half here. Yeah, that's great analysis. I'm gonna have to agree with you on that as well. Um, <laughs> we're trying to fly, fly through these. We got a shit ton to cover. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of games, so we're gonna try to get through these pretty fast. Um, there are a uh, a few players from Georgia Tech in the transfer portal on defense, but um, you know nothing uh, nothing too crazy. UCF is missing a cornerback, Corey Thompson, as well, but I think it kind of evens out in the end. So uh, I'm gonna have to. Uh, I think I'm gonna go with UCF to cover the four and a half in this one. I think. Uh, Malzahn's just a little bit more experienced as a head coach, and I, I like him in a bowl game. Um, all right. Sorry, I'll jump to the next one. Troy and Duke. Troy's a seven-and-a-half-point favorite against Duke in this game. Uh, both coaches have left on for better jobs, so I'm not really sure what to expect on this one. I really don't. And, uh, you know, obviously Riley Leonard has gone from Duke as well. The transfer portal, that's one thing. It really just depletes these teams for the bowls. Because it doesn't matter who you gain in the transfer portal, you're not going to get to see them play for you in that bowl. So, like, there's just a lot of depleted teams. It's really just a matter of depth for each team and also motivation. But I'm going with Troy here. 
I'll go to Troy to cover. Yeah, I'm going to take Troy to cover the seven and a half also. Um, both teams um, are a little bit affected, but Duke is severely affected in this game from transfer transfer portal, injuries, opt-outs, I mean, everything. Um, you know, I think Troy's a little bit more whole as a team, even though neither team has their head coach. So we're going to go Troy to cover um, that spread. Um, also on Saturday, we got Arkansas State and Northern Illinois. Arkansas State's a three-point favorite. Are we going with the, the new life champs? So, yeah, Northern Illinois started off as favorites. A lot of money been coming in for Arkansas State, and I will say this about Butch Jones. His teams have performed pretty well in bowls, you know, dating back to his tenure um, on Rocky Top and even at uh, Cincinnati as well and Central Michigan. So I am going to go with Arkansas State minus three to cover. Yep, I'm going to have to agree with you. Um, as far as opt-outs and injuries and stuff like that, uh, it's pretty even for both teams. They're both uh, missing some pieces, but um, not too crazy um, on either side. Um, so I'm also going to agree with you and go with uh, Arkansas State. Just got to go with Bush Jones. Um, can't can't go against him in a big bowl game against a team from the, from the Midwest. I know. He always kills his teams from the Midwest. He loves them. All right, and then we got James Madison and Air Force. Um, James Madison is a two-point favorite. Um, of course, they did lose their head coach to um, Indiana. Um, they got quite a few guys in the transfer portal. Um, Air Force, on the other hand, they don't really have to worry about that. That's one good thing about being the one service academies. You don't have to worry about too many of your players leaving. Nope, not at all. So Air Force, you know, they're probably pretty much going to be, uh, you know, full strength. But James Madison, they've just been a uh, well-oiled machine this year. If they just did not lose that game to App State, they'd be playing in a New Year's Six. So I, I like I like James Madison to cover. I think they're going to finish the season strong. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, – I disagree with you on this one and go with the Air Force to uh, cover um, in this one and get the win. Um, I just think preparing for a triple option offense um, is going to be really tough without your head coach. So I'm um, going to have to go with the Air Force in this one. Um, also on Saturday, Saturday is going to be a big game, a big day for games. Uh, we got Georgia state and Utah state, um, Utah state's a two and a half point favorite. Um, looks like, uh, Georgia state's got a good amount of players in the transfer portal, a lot more than Utah state does. So how are we feeling about this one? And also, uh, Georgia state finished the season going in the opposite direction. They lost the last five in a row. Utah State, they won three of the last five. Two of those wins in double overtime. They scratched and clawed to get to bowl eligibility, playing hard for Coach Blake Anderson. I like Utah State to win. I like them to cover. Yep, I'm going to have to agree with you. I'm also taking Utah State minus two and a half. And then we got the Ventures Bowl with South Alabama and Eastern Michigan. Um, big opt-out in this one, um, or transfer portal, I should say. South Alabama receiver. Uh, Colin Lacey um, had over 1,300 yards this season, so big-time receiver not going to be in this game. Um, and we're not sure if their quarterback, Colton Carter Bradley, is going to play or not either. So um, tough spot for South Alabama um, in this one. Uh, but they are still favored by 17, so we think they're going to cover that big number, JB. Yeah, I mean, South Alabama is more talented than Eastern Michigan, but I think 17 is just too big of a spread. I think South Alabama wins, but I think Eastern Michigan is going to cover that 17-point spread. Yeah, and I um, should have mentioned this also. Um, Eastern Michigan's quarterback, Austin Smith, is in the transfer portal, um, so they will be playing a uh, backup. Man, the portal just ruins yeah, these bowl games. I know, it really bowl, does. like portal and opt-outs. Like, these teams are – it's not the same team from the regular season for any yeah. of these bowl teams. It's, just, it's really just a test on depth. It really is. And because of that reason, I'm going to take Eastern Michigan to cover that spread. Anytime I see a big spread in these bowl games, I'm just like – 
I don't know. I just don't see that happening. So I'm going to take Eastern Michigan to cover the 17. Um, and then uh, Saturday night, we got the Las Vegas Bowl, um, Utah and Northwestern. Utah is a six and a half point favorite. Um, you know, we'll talk about this a little bit more later. Utah quarterback transferred. Um, he uh, He's going to be transferring to Vanderbilt. Uh, Bryson Barnes is also in the transfer portal, but he's going to play in the bowl game. So it's kind of confusing how that's yeah, all going to work. Very confusing. Um, yeah, so a lot of uh, a lot of issues in terms of roster management with Utah, not so much on Northwestern side. So um, are we still feeling good about Utah, or how are we feeling about this one? Yeah, I mean, this it's one of those where I'm just kind of scratching my head, but I'm going to go with Utah here. I just think they're just, you know, I love Kyle Whittingham, love how his teams are disciplined. I think he'll have his team ready in this one. I like Utah. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you as well. Um you know, it, it does, even though Utah has a lot more, you know, opt-outs in this game than Northwestern does, um, I like to go with the better coach. And, um, you know, Winningham, not only is he a great coach, but it just seems like all of his teams are able to sustain injuries. Like, they just always have depth. They're always next man up. They're always a really tough team. So, going to go with Utah minus a six and a half. Um, the last game on Saturday, Coastal Carolina and San Jose State. Um, San Jose State's a 10.5-point favorite. Um, got a lot of opt-outs in this one, too. Grayson McCall is not going to play in this game. He's uh, committed to NC State in the transfer portal. Um, you know, they got a receiver, Jared Brown, out as well. Um, you know, San Jose State is missing their left tackle and their tight end um, to the transfer portal. Um, so how are we feeling about this one? Yeah. Like coastal Carolina, like Grayson McCall, that was the face of the program for so many years. And now going to NC state to finish off his career and the games in Hawaii too. Like that is a long ass flight from North Carolina or sorry, South Carolina all the way to Hawaii. I don't I wonder what the flight time is. That's gotta be 10 hours plus. I don't know what it is, but I'm sure they're probably flying direct from Charlotte more than likely or somewhere from like around there. But um, I like uh, San Jose State to cover here because they, they finished the season on a tear. I don't know if you've seen their last, like, five games, but and one of those losses they had was, like, before that five-game losing five game winning streak was a close loss to a competitive loss. So I like San Jose State. They finished the season with momentum. You know, in the regular season, I think they're going to prevail and win in Hawaii as well. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. And um, also – Coastal Carolina's second string quarterback, Jarrett Guest, is also in the transfer portal. So they'll be playing with their third string quarterback in this one. He has played a good bit this year, but um, something to keep an eye on. Uh, but I am also going with San Jose State um, minus to 10.5. And, um, and then we'll go ahead and move into next week. Um, starting on Tuesday, we got three games. That'll be a fun, fun little day. Um, we got Bowling Green and Minnesota in the Quick Lane Bowl. Minnesota's a three and a half point favorite. Um, Got a lot, got a lot going on uh, with with Minnesota. They've had a lot of coaches leaving. Uh, their defensive coordinator took the defensive coordinator job at Michigan State. Um, their quarterback is in the transfer portal. Um, their backup quarterback is in the transfer portal. Um, Cole Kramer, the guy who's projected to start, has played six snaps this season. Um, so. Um, how are we feeling about Minnesota in this one against Bowling Green? Well, for $2, that'll get you into this game, by the way. But the fees you're going to pay are probably going to be about quadruple the amount. So that is one thing for you all to keep in mind if you want to go to the Quick Lane Bowl. Um, but this is a good game of a MAC team that's going to be fired up to play a mid-Big Ten team. I like Bowling Green to cover that three-and-a-half spread. Yeah, I'm going to go with Minnesota in this one. I just... I'm Throw not the really boat. 
Yeah, I'm not really sure why. I think they're just going to run the ball, and they're just going to be the more physical team. It's going to be an ugly game, it's, I think. Yeah, it's going to be an ugly game, but I think they cover the spread. I'm not feeling great about it, but you know what? we got to pick someone, and we're picking Minnesota. Um, all right. Then we got the Serve Pro First Responders Bowl, Texas State and Rice. This will be a fun game. Both teams like to throw the ball around. Um, Texas State. Good offenses. Yeah, two really good offenses. Um Texas State is a five-and-a-half-point favorite, um, and obviously we should mention um, JT Daniels, former SEC quarterback, played at Georgia for a short period of time. He is uh, medically retired from football, unfortunately, so he will not be playing in this game. It's not funny, JV. Why are you laughing? There's just so many. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's quarterback is out. (laughs) There's like so many excuses in which not to play bowl games anymore, whether it's an opt-out a portal thing or a family thing or medically retired. Like I'm just done playing football. I've done the regular season. I've done my time. I'm done. So <laughs> it just seems like there's always something, but man, I hate seeing this in bowl games, but yeah, I'm going to go with Texas state to win and also cover. Yeah. Got to go coach Kenny. Coach Kenny's my guy. Um, so we're, we're going to go with him, Texas state to cover the spread. Um, and then for the last game for next Tuesday, we got Kansas and UNLV in the guaranteed rate bowl. Um, Kansas is a 12 and a half point favorite. Um, they lost their offensive coordinator and they lost a couple guys of the portal, but nothing too significant. I'm a little more worried about some offensive line issues, um, or injuries, I should say, um, really nothing too concerning on the side of UNLV. Um, so do we think, uh, Barry Odom can cover the, uh, the spread here in the bowl game after a disappointing loss in the conference championship game? Yeah. I like UNLV to cover here. I think that spread just a little bit too high. I think Kansas will win, but I think UNLV is going to cover that 12 and a half spread. Yeah. I'm going to agree with you. Kansas's defense has been really bad this year. Um, and UNLV's offense has been surprisingly good this year. Um, I think they're going to be able to, uh, move the ball, you know, convert some third downs and, uh, you know, just you know, cover the spread. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Enough said. Yeah. I, I lose, uh, do lose my train of thought sometimes. Um, so I apologize for that, but uh, it's all part of the fun. It's all part of the experience. Um, all right. So we got the military bowl, um, Virginia tech and Tulane. Um, doesn't yeah. look like there's really too much on the Virginia tech side. Obviously Tulane head coach, Willie Fritz has taken the head coaching job at Houston. Um, and it looks like, yeah, I mean, it, it looks like the entire coaching staff is going to be gone. So I'm not even sure who's going to be coaching this game. Clean house, too. Their leading receiver's gone. Um, I think uh, Pratt has opted out, too, didn't he? Yes. I believe that news just came out today. That yeah. He is not going to play in this game. So um, that is unfortunate to see because he is a really, um, really good quarterback. I think he's going to go to the NFL. He's not entering the transfer portal, though. That's what it looks like. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, Tulane, awesome season. But, you know, since they lost their, uh, you know, game against SMU in the conference championship, took them out of the uh, race for the, uh, you know, New Year's Six, there's not a lot of motivation for them. Meanwhile, Virginia Tech, they're not the very best team either, but they're back in a bowl for the first time in a few years. Go Virginia Tech here to win and also cover the spread too. I think that's just one of those where the opposite, where I think, the power five teams more motivated to be here this year. So I'm going with Virginia tech. Yeah. 10 and a half point favorite, um, is a big line over an 11 win team. But, um, like we talked about a lot of issues at Tulane right now, um, obviously the coach moving on. Um, I'm also going to take Virginia tech to cover that 10 and a half. Um, also on Wednesday, we got the Duke's Mayo bowl, 
um, the second best mayonnaise that there is out there. Um, we got North Carolina and West Virginia. West Virginia is a six and a half point favorite. Um, and again, a lot of hopped outs in this one for North Carolina. Um, you know, led by starting quarterback Drake May, um, projected first round draft pick. It's not going to play in this game. Tez Walker is not going to play in this game. The outstanding receiver. Um, they got linebacker out, uh, defensive lineman out, center out, and then not to mention they got, you know, like mm -hmm. seven more guys in the transfer portal. Um, so, uh, you know, on the West Virginia side, there are a decent amount of guys in the transfer portal, but none of them look to be significant, you know, contributors. So uh, do we think that West Virginia is going to cover the spread, JB? Well, see, I, I do like uh, Coach Brown to be dumped by the Duke's Mayo bucket at the end of the game. I see what you did there. <laughs> I was wondering if you did. Um, his first name is Neil, by the way. Um, so I, I like uh, West Virginia to win, also for them to cover. Yep, I agree. Uh, West Virginia is going to cover the spread in this one, um, and Coach Brown is going to get the win and be covered in uh, the sec the second best mayonnaise, obviously the first being uh, blue, blue plate. plate. I mean, they're both up, they're both awesome, and they're own they're pretty much both in their own level too. Yeah, that's right. As long as I mean, here's my thing, like. I'm a big may mayonnaise person. I'm very pro mayonnaise. Um, Blue plate is obviously the goat and it's not even close, but I think Dukes is an acceptable replacement to me. Hellman's is like the, no, that's, I mean, to me, Hellman's is like the floor that I'll accept. Like all, if it's I'm like in Hunt's a restaurant, ketchup. if I'm at a restaurant and all they have is Hellman's, like I'll use it. I'm not going to be happy about it, but it'll get the job done. But like, if you come at me with like Miracle Whip, like that's not even mayonnaise. That's, that's like just disgusting. Is is terrible. Like I, I don't even know how people. But no, it's got to be Blue Plate or Dukes for me. I mean, I got Dukes in my house, but I'll eat Blue Plate as well. Yeah, Dukes is Dukes is good. It's just not my favorite. It's it's but it's good. All right, um, we got the Directv Holiday Bowl, Louisville, and USC. Louisville's a seven and a half point favorite. Talk about a game where neither team wants to be here. I mean, like Louisville has had a really good season. I think they're probably a little bit more motivated, um, but they did lose they did. Yeah. In their last two games this season, including the commerce championship game. And then you look at USC. I mean, what a disappointing season they've had. Um, you know, absolute dud. Yeah. Seven and five after all the, the transfer portal, the hype, obviously Caleb Williams is not going to play in this game. Uh, Marshawn Lloyd is opted out. Brendan Rice is opted out. Um, safety. Kalen Bullock is opted out. And uh, not to mention, they've got like 12 guys in the portal. Um, you know, the main one being uh, Relic Brown, the receiver, a really explosive player. And, um, Michael and is Lincoln Jackson, Riley checked out too? Like, yeah. is he, is he, is he going to be looking at the NFL? They don't have a defensive coordinator. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah. And the thing on the flip side for Louisville, like, yeah, they may be a little bit disappointed, but they still over exceeded expectations in Jeff Brom's first season. I mean, this was a really great season. He got him to the, ACC championship and had him competitive against an undefeated Florida State team. Um, that was a great season by um, Louisville and Jeff Brom, incredible motivator, really good X's and O's coach. I like uh, Louisville to win. I like them to also cover. Yep, I'm going to have to agree with you. Seven and a half points uh, Louisville's going to cover. Um, moving on to the Texas Bowl. We got Texas A&M and Oklahoma State. Um Texas A&M is a two-point favorite, so um, it's looking like uh, going to be a close game here. Got a lot of opt-outs on uh, on uh, a and M side, a lot of transfer portal guys. Um, are they going to be able to overcome that and get the win in this one? I mean, even with the opt-outs, they're still more talented. Their backups are more talented than Oklahoma State starters. 
<laughs> I mean, right. that's how deep they are. Granted, they may not have the experience of Oklahoma State, but this is just one of those where, you know, one team has a coach, the other team doesn't. Uh, I'm going to go with Oklahoma State to cover here. Yeah, and it's just weird that Elijah Robinson is going to coach the bowl game, even though he's, you know, already accepted the defensive coordinator job at Syracuse and he's already recruiting for them and stuff. It's just it's, it's very just weird. weird. Like, but it is what it is. I think the players like him a lot. Um, and just like you said, I mean, AM is the more talented team. And, uh, you know, look, I know that AM is playing with a third string quarterback, but he's played really well um, this season. I mean, he played really well against LSU. Um, in the last game of the season, um, you know, and the thing is with Oklahoma State, you know, they had a solid season, but when they've had to play teams who, um, you know, are physical, they've really struggled. They really so, do. Uh, so I'm going to have to go with A&M in this one. Um, and then I, I just think it's funny that there's a Fenway Bowl now. Like first it was the Pinstripe Bowl, and then I guess the Red Sox were like, wait a minute, we can't let the Yankees have a bowl game or the Cubs. Yeah. And then us not have one. Uh, but we got SMU and Boston college. So Boston college is getting to play in Fenway park. How about and that? it's going to be fucking freezing in there too. I mean, sorry, sorry for the F bombs, but yeah, I mean, plus Boston college, they get to stay at home in the city. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's and, not even a, that's not even fun for them. I know. And it's the same thing with uh, <laughs> Memphis as well. Like, it's just, I don't like, how are you going to get excited to go play? Um, a bowl game, you know, and you're saying, which, you know, speaking of the transfer portal, Boston college has actually done pretty well. They're actually looks like they're throwing some money on an NIL. I have noticed that too. Good for Boston college. Good for them, man. And of course that game's a 10 AM central time, 11 AM Eastern start. That's just horrible time to start a football game. I mean, I get it. Cause it's going to probably be dark in Boston at three o'clock that day. So they need to go ahead and get that game started. But yeah, that, and plus for SMU, you don't even get to, I mean, you're in Dallas, so it's somewhat warm, but then you got to go to Boston. I mean, I guess they can find some things to do in Boston, maybe take them to a Celtics game or a Bruins game to uh, take them, you know, at least give them something to do. But if I was SMU, I'd rather just be in the Hawaii Bowl than go to, to go to Boston. No, no offense to Boston, but no one wants to be in Boston in the wintertime. But get off my soapbox there. I'm going to go with SMU to cover here. They got something to prove. They feel like they got left out. They're going to try to run it up on Boston College. I just think that of the two teams, SMU is probably the one that's the least of the two teams that's happy to be there. Yeah, not a lot of uh, opt-outs in this one compared to a lot of the other games we've looked at. But, uh, you know, SMU quarterback Preston Stone is out for the year after an injury he had um, earlier. But, um, you know, SMU has been really solid on both sides of the ball, offensively and defensively. Um, you know, just a great, great season for them. I think they're a much better team. I think they cover this game uh, and the spread pretty easily. Um, and then we got the, goodness, the Bad Boy Mowers Pinstripe Bowl. Um, yes. We were talking about them. Rutgers. Another in New York. Rutgers in Miami. <laughs> Miami is a one-point favorite in this game. It's on the same day, too. So, and then uh, Rutgers doesn't even have to go very far for this one. <laughs> Another stay-at-home bowl. No, another state home <laughs> bowl game in a, a baseball stadium. Um, so obviously Miami quarterback Tyler Van Dyke is in the portal. Um, you know, as well as uh, receiver Colby Young. You know, it doesn't look like uh, Rutgers is affected too much, so that's good to see. Um, Although they lost their last four, and none of those games are competitive. Yeah, I mean, neither one of these teams finished the season very strong. Um, that's for sure. 
I think I'm gonna have to go to Rutgers in this one just because I think they're gonna be more excited to play in this game. And um, you know, I'm just I've never been a big fan of Mario Cristobal as a head coach. I just don't think he's uh I think he's a great recruiter and a very subpar coach. So I'm gonna have to go with, uh Coach Ciano and the and Rutgers. So I think for uh Cristobal, you think he was more of a product of an established culture at Oregon when he was there. And also had Justin Herbert too. That's also a big help yeah. for him. So I'm going to have to disagree. I just think Miami just more talented. I'm going to go with Miami to cover this. I don't feel very good about this one, though, but I'm going to go with Miami. All right, and then also same day. This is uh, going to be next Thursday, the 28th, by the way. We got NC State and Kansas State. NC, uh, Sorry, Kansas State is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, you know, we know with NC State, MJ Morris is not going to play in this game. He's already transferred. Um, I believe he's going to Maryland. Uh, but he did not play the last four games this season. So um, they've already shown what they can do without him. And then for Kansas State, Will Howard is obviously in the transfer portal. Likely um, to USC, I think. Yeah, so he still hasn't committed anywhere, but USC is sort of the the school that we keep hearing with him. Um, so do we think that uh, Kansas State can cover the spread in this one, JB? I don't. I'm actually going with NC State here. NC State was one of those teams, they started off the season not looking very good, but as the season progressed, they became a much more sound football team. Finished, you know, winning the last five on their schedule. Some good some good teams they beat, too. Clemson, you know, Miami, um, Virginia Tech on the road, and then UNC at home. Rival, Jake Drake Mays, final game. I like NC State to win this game. Yeah, I'm going to have to disagree with you. This is one of those ones where I have to go with the better coach. Um, now, here's the thing. These are both two really good coaches, if I'm being honest. I'm not trying to say that, uh, you know, Coach Doran is not a good coach. He is a good coach. I'm he just, has a floor. Yeah. I'm just uh, – a floor and a, he has a ceiling. ceiling. The, the ceiling and the floor, they're pretty, pretty close to each other. I'm just a big climbing guy. I'm just a big fan of Chris Kleiman. If you listen to this podcast, you know that. Um, so I'm going to go with him in this game. Um, I think they get the win in the, in the pop tarts bowl. What's your favorite kind of pop tart JB? It's a tough one. But I think I have to go with brown sugar cinnamon. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. You know, there's a lot of ones from my childhood, you know, strawberry, blueberry, the s'mores one. Strawberry is um, my second favorite. Yeah. You know, um, those, those, uh, <laughs> those child morning, those childhood memories I, I remember, and you know what else I remember? The Alamo. And the Alamo Bowl, we got Arizona and Oklahoma. Love that transition. Thanks. I was like, I knew I was not going to do that right, but I still wanted to go for it. Um, all right, we got Arizona minus three um, against Oklahoma. So a little surprised uh, to see Oklahoma is an underdog in this one. Uh, but it was a great season for Arizona. So, no Dylan um, Gabriel, though. Yep, that's right. But you know who's uh, going to be the quarterback there, right? Tell me. Jackson Arnold, former uh, five-star recruit, big time, big time guy. He's 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 the guy. Like I think Oklahoma fans wanted Gabriel to leave because they want him to take over the reins. And Gabriel's not even a bad quarterback either. I mean, he has a like I, I feel like we're using a lot, but yes, he has a ceiling. But he's a pretty strong quarterback. I mean, and next year wherever Dylan Gabriel lands, I don't have we even. Yeah, he committed to Oregon. Yeah, great for Oregon. I mean, he's going to be perfect for Oregon. Oregon's going to have another experienced quarterback similar to Bo Nix. Um, last year, you know, a guy that can step in with that culture immediately. And I think they'll probably be a really solid team again next year with Gabriel. But yeah, I'm going to have to go with Arizona because Arizona's just been a really good team this year. I mean, I've really liked Arizona. I mean, I mean, they had that one loss early in the season in Starkville and you're probably looking back like, man, why did we lose that game? Because if we're a 10 win team, 
we may be looking at a New Year's Six. Yeah, what it, what it could have showed. That was a rough game for uh, Jaden Delora. Obviously, he got benched, so um, they're kind of a different team now. Um, you know, Delora threw like three picks in that game, so that was probably a big Turnovers. reason why they, then they lose in you know overtime. But uh, you know, that said, you know, I think Arizona is maybe a little bit more excited to play this game. But Oklahoma is just so much more talented. But then they also lost their offensive coordinator. And, man, I'm just not really sure what the offense is going to look like. You lose your coordinator, and then you're starting a freshman quarterback. Like, I just – I think I think I got to go to Arizona in this one. Yeah, I, both of us agree here. All right, I'll just throw my phone down. Um, frustration. <laughs> all right, so then we got Friday, December 29th. We got – Clemson and Kentucky. Clemson is a four-point favorite in the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. Um, are we thinking that Kentucky can cover this, JB? It's tough, but I'm going to say no. I'm going to go with Clemson to cover here. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you. I think this is going to be a very good game. Um, I think Clemson just has a little bit too much um, skill players in this game for Kentucky. Um, I do think Kentucky's going to be able to slow down Clemson's offense. It's going to be a lower scoring game, but I just don't think that Kentucky's going to be able to score on Clemson's defense. That's my issue. And I think that uh, I think Clemson's going to get get the win and cover in this one. Um, also that night we have, or not that night, later that day we have Oregon State and Notre Dame in the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. Uh, Notre Dame's a six and a half point favorite. Um, you know, obviously a lot of. Uh, a lot of turnover at Oregon State, losing their coach to Michigan State. And the quarterback. Yep. Uh, their starting quarterback and their backup quarterback both entered the portal. So, tough that, times uh, tough times for Oregon State. That whole team is just like a disarray in the program, too. I feel so bad for Oregon State, though. They, they, got, a, they got a raw deal out of all this um, realignment. But I like Notre Dame to win this one. Um, they're, you know, obviously, Sam Hartman is not playing. But I am still going to go with Notre Dame to win this game, though. I just think that, you know, they have way more depth than Oregon State. Going back to a topic we were talking about earlier in this podcast. Yeah, and uh, tough to say, but I'm going to have to agree with you. I mean, Notre Dame, they're the more talented team. And, um, you know, Oregon State, just they're just in disarray right now. So I just can't really can't really do it. But um, we got the Liberty Bowl, as we talked about earlier. Memphis staying at home, and they will play Iowa State. And I believe Iowa State played in the Liberty Bowl not that long ago. Six years ago against Memphis. So... Uh, <laughs> Got a rematch of that uh, that classic game that we all remember. Um, freezing cold that day, and I'm I bet this one's gonna be freezing cold too. It always is. Like Liberty Bowl is one of those games. I mean, being a lifelong Memphian, it could. I've been I've been probably about five to ten Liberty Bowls in my lifetime, and I've seen some where it's been seventy five degrees. I kid you not. And then other another game, the one six years ago, it was twenty four degrees at game time. So you're gonna have a wide range of temperatures. There's really not way of any way of knowing what to expect. Yeah, and um, Iowa State is a nine and a half point favorite in this game. Um, Memphis has had a really bad defense this year, but their offense has been really good. Uh, but unfortunately, two of their offensive linemen are in the transfer portal, so that's going to be um, something they're going to have to work around. And that offense is supposed to be what carries them. So uh, I'm going to have to go with Iowa State to cover the nine and a half. I think. You know, I'm going to actually go with Memphis to cover here. I mean, it is on their home field, and you know, Seth Hennigan. Big win for Memphis program. He is coming back next year. And Rock Taylor, their best receiver, also coming back next year too. Did not enter the portal. So I'm, I'm going to go with Memphis to cover. Do think Iowa State squeaks it out, but I like Memphis to be competitive and cover. 
All right, and then that night, um, one of the games I'm looking forward to most in bowl season, mm, yeah. um, the Missouri Tigers and the Ohio State Buckeyes. Missouri sitting steady, holding steady is a one-point favorite right now. Um, you know, we know Ohio State got all kinds of opt-outs, transfer portal. Um, Kyle McCord has already announced he's transferring to um, Syracuse. Julian Fleming transferring to Penn State. Um, you know, Devin Brown has only played – for 72 snaps this season. So not a ton of, um, you know, not a ton of experience for him. Marvin Harrison, um, still on the fence, whether he's going to play or not, as well as some other, um, some other Ohio state players, you know, JB, I mean, I just think Missouri is way more excited to play this game. Me too. I think they're going to win. I'm going to agree with you too. I mean, there's not any, as far as I know, there's not any major opt outs. Cook is going to play. Schrader's going to play. Burden's going to play. They're three best skilled players. And also, this is a game where Missouri, they had a better season than expected. These players are happy to be there. And Ohio State, they are not happy to be there. I like Ohio, I like Missouri to win and to cover. Yeah. And, I mean, just, just to go along with what you're saying, Missouri has one player in the transfer portal, Damian Wilson. He's played 45 snaps all season. They've got a couple of injuries, but everyone who is, avail- is able to play is going to play in this game. Yeah. And that just goes. And they're to show motivated. You, that just goes to show you how much this game means to them. Oh yeah, that's a motivation game. I like this is just a dangerous game for Ohio State. I wouldn't be surprised if Missouri just blows them out. This could be one of those where you know that that you know people will be talking about what is wrong with Ohio State. You know after the game because and people are not going to be talking about how impressive Missouri is. They're just going to be talking about how bad Ohio State looked. Saturday at 11 a.m., we got Ole Miss and Penn State, two 10 and two teams in the uh, Chick fil A Peach Bowl. Uh, Penn State is a four point favorite. Um, actually, kind of surprising. I feel like Ole Miss should be favorite in this game. What do you think? This is a t- this is a pick em for me. I don't really know where to go with this. I mean, Ole Miss right now, the team, the hot team in the transfer portal, um, they got. As far as I know, it's for opt outs. I don't really think they have a ton. I mean, Dart no, is they playing. They don't have any opt outs. A few players in the portal, but none of them are significant contributors. Dart is playing. Judkins is playing. I mean, the difference is Ole Miss has a, has a better offense. Penn State has a much better defense. Both teams have coaches that are, you know, players' coaches, and they're offensive-minded. They both um, are outspoken. Very similar, you know, game, you know, similar programs, in my opinion. They are, like, kind of stuck, you know, between third and fifth in their conference every year can't win the big one i'm gonna have to go with that Ole miss to uh, cover that four point spread here yeah i'm gonna have to agree with you i mean we we know that um penn state fired their offensive coordinator earlier this season their defense coordinator coordinator manny diaz took the duke head coaching job um you know their big time defensive end chop robinson is uh opting out of this game it looks like Kalen King, as of right now, is not officially decided if he's going to play or not. But I've, I've, based on what I'm hearing, I do not expect him to play in that game. Um, so I just taking all that into account, I think Ole Miss is a lot more excited to play in this game than Penn State is. And really, you know, that's why I keep bringing up in these bowl games because it's, you know, that's really what it comes down to is who's more excited to be there. And I think Ole Miss is more excited to be there in this one. I agree. And then later that day, we got the Music City Bowl. We got uh, Auburn and Maryland. Um, Auburn is a seven-point favorite. Um, got a few um, opt-outs in this one. DJ James, defensive back, and uh, Jalen Simpson, defensive back for Auburn. Two players who are out. Um, Robbie Ashford is in the transfer portal. That just breaks my heart. 
breaks your heart. And then also Talia Tagovailoa is also in the transfer portal for Maryland too. He's already, he's already trying to improve that uh, seventh round draft stock, trying not to be Mr. Yeah. Relevant. So he's opted out, preparing for the draft. Good luck to him. I like Auburn to win, also Auburn to cover. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you on that. Um, I just don't think that, uh, you know, I, I'm just of the opinion that Auburn is just a much more talented football team. And I think uh, Maryland, I'm and not Hugh sure. And Hugh Freeze, much better coach than Loxley. Right, and I'm just not sure how excited Maryland is to play in this game without – without uh, is it i can never say his first name right talia talia tagavaloa all right and then saturday night we got the orange bowl georgia and florida state um man i right when this game came out i was like these are the two teams that are the least excited to be in any bowl this bowl season i mean and it's a and it's a new year six too (laughs) i legit like because here's the thing so i know i said this on the last podcast but um i was really of the opinion that um you know, Florida State was going to come into this game excited and ready to like prove people wrong and all this stuff. But all these guys are opting out for them, like and entering the transfer portal, like really just makes me question that. I mean, they're just um, so many players have decided not to play in this game, and with a backup quarterback, I mean, and Georgia's got a ton of players in the portal too. Um, Both teams so depleted. I really have no idea what to expect in this one. Um, this should be a fun one, one way or the other. Georgia is. Still a 14-point favorite as we sit here today. And, um, you know, honestly, I think I'm going to take Florida State to cover that. I am, too. I'm going to go with Florida State to cover it as well. I mean, this is – I don't think it's going to be a great game, but I do think Florida State's going to be able to cover. And then later that night, we got Toledo and Wyoming. Um, Wyoming's a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, Toledo did win 11 games this year, but their quarterback, Daquan Finn, is transferring to Baylor, um, and he's really kind of been like the star of their team. Um, no significant opt-outs for Wyoming, um, other than Colby Taylor, defensive back. Um, so how are we feeling about, uh, about this one? I love the Wyoming program. They're just something about them that I like so much. And I'm going to go with Wyoming to win and also cover. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you. I think it really just comes down to Toledo losing their quarterback, losing the MAC championship game after a great season. Um, I just feel like this is maybe a consolation game for them. And um, I'm not sure that they're going to, you know, show up ready to play. Um, and then we get into the January one games. Uh, this we got, used to be a lucrative day. Yeah, I mean, I still think it's a fun day. Um, we got the ReliQuest Bowl, Wisconsin and LSU. LSU is a 10-point favorite. Um, how we, how are we feeling about this one, JB? I think we'll have to go with LSU to cover. I just think that even though we don't have Jaden Daniels playing in this game, it's still a Brian Kelly coach team, LSU. Head and shoulders has way more talent on both sides of the ball. Skill positions everywhere you can think of. And even with LSU's defense not being all that impressive, Wisconsin's offense has been pretty abysmal most of the season. I'm going to go with LSU to uh, cover the spread. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you too. And it, it really doesn't have a lot to do with LSU. It actually has a lot to do with Wisconsin, just how disappointing they've been this year. Um, really boring. I, I do still think that they will get things turned around. Oh, up they there. will. But um, it's been a tough year one. It's been a tough year one. And um, I just don't think that they're um, going to be able to keep up with LSU in this one. Um, also on January 1, we got Iowa and Tennessee in the uh, Cheez-It Citrus Bowl. So is Cheez-It sponsoring two bowl games or is this? I don't know. Because there used to be just be a Cheez-It Bowl. Now it's the Cheez-It Citrus Bowl. Cheez-It Citrus Bowl. And this used to be the Camping World Citrus Bowl. Because Camping World and Camping World is the sponsor of the stadium. 
but I guess they just gave up sponsor of the bowl and just kept the naming rights on the stadium. But yeah, let me see eight and a half point favor for Tennessee still up in the air, whether or not Joe Milton is going to play in this game. He hasn't opted out yet, but there has been some chatter. He may not play. Um, Tennessee's also lost pretty much the entire secondary, um, their entire starting secondary, um, either opted out or is in the portal. Um, other than that, I mean, they did their best running back. Jalen Wright's also opted out for the NFL draft. Um, Iowa on the flip side, pretty much most of their guys are playing. They're they're going to be pretty much at full strength. They got culture. They got culture. Kirk Ferentz. And this is just going to be one of those games where um, it's going to be pretty low scoring. It's going to be ugly. But the problem is, even with all the opt-outs Tennessee's had, I just don't know if Iowa can move the ball still because Tennessee's front seven is their strength, and that's Iowa's weakness is their offensive line. They can't protect their quarterback. I think the only way Iowa can – maybe score and get some points on the board is either by turnovers or by generating the running game. It's going to be hard to do that against Tennessee. Um, I'm still going to go with Iowa to cover because I don't think Tennessee's offense is going to move the ball all that well either. Um, so I'm going to say Iowa to cover plus eight and a half, but Tennessee will still win. Yeah. I'm going to take Iowa to cover the eight and a half as well. I mean, that's just, I mean, with an Iowa team, I just always feel like they're going to find a way to keep the game close. Um, you know, and it's been a really good season for them as bad as their offense has been. Um, and yeah, it's, it's kind of funny that you say that about Tennessee's whole secondary being out. I mean, does it even matter against Iowa? Like they're not going to throw the ball anyway. It really doesn't. So, I mean, my final score, if you had to give me one, it's probably going to be, uh, I think I was going to say 13 to six. <laughs> not, yeah. not pretty. I mean, honestly, <laughs> that sounds about right. Um, all right. And then at 1 PM, we got the Fiesta bowl, um, Liberty undefeated Liberty, um, taking on Oregon, um, you know, it's been a really good season for Oregon as long as they're not playing a, a team named Washington. Um, other than that, it's been a great season for them. They're a 17, 17 and a half point favorite, even though they do have uh, quite a bit of, uh, well, I guess it's not that bad. They have a lot of potential opt-outs, but no one who's officially opt-out that's that big of, of a deal um, other than Jackson Powers Johnson, the center, and Bucky Irving, the running back. But other than that, looks to be somewhat intact. Yeah, Oregon, just on paper, top to bottom, they are so much better than Liberty. And Liberty had, one, I don't know if it was the weakest, but it was one of the weakest schedules in all of college football this year. I mean, they had some close games, too, within that week schedule. But you know what? As people say, they won the games that were in front of them. They won them. They finished undefeated. They get their big bowl game. They're going to come into this game motivated. It's just that line is so big. It's like one of those, one of those where they're trying to catch us, but... I'm not going to fall for it. I'm going to, they want us to go with Liberty to cover. I'm not going to fall for it. I'm picking Oregon to cover. Yeah. I'm going to fall for it. And I'm going to take Liberty to cover the 17 and a half. I just think that, you know, offensively, they're going to be able to do a few things that Oregon hasn't seen this year and uh, maybe get a couple of cheap scores, you know, maybe uh, have some extended drives um, where they, you know, hold the ball and kill the clock a little bit. And, you know, Oregon, I mean, they were in the running for the playoff a couple weeks ago. Everyone was talking about Bo Nix for the Heisman. And now, you know, they're stuck playing a G5 team in a, you know, kind of a, not, not a bad bowl game, but just a disappointing compared to where they thought they were going to be. Um, so I'm going to go with Liberty to cover the 17 and a half and, and fall for fall for the Vegas trap. Um, and then we got um, getting into the playoff games. We got uh, no spread here. It's just straight. Yep. So, I mean, Michigan is favored in this game, which I think might be surprising to some people. 
Um, as of right now, it is a two-point line. This is the best game of the weekend. I mean, they're, yeah. they're both great, but this is the one I think more people did not have circled. Right. Yeah. And I, I'm going to, I'm going to have to go with Michigan in this one as much as, uh, that may surprise some people. Um, you know, I think, uh, McCarthy has had, um, he hasn't really been tested this year, but I do believe in him. I have a lot of faith in him, um, and his ability. I think he's going to have to make a few plays in this game to get the win. And, um, I just think that Michigan, you know, the next step for them as a program is beating a big SEC team in a game like this. And, um, you know, I think this is what they've been working for all off season. This is what Harbaugh has been talking about all season. You know, they had the, the Georgia segment of their practice or beat Georgia segment of their practice early in the season, uh, that made national news. Um, obviously not going to get to face Georgia, but they're going to get to face Alabama, which is the next Equivalent. best thing. Yeah. So, um, you know, I just think this is something that they've been looking forward to. They really want to prove themselves in this one. And I think they finally get it done in this one and they beat Alabama. This is one I'm going back and forth with. And I guarantee you, whatever I pick today, it could definitely change. But, you know, whatever I say today is going to be what y'all remember. Um, I picked Michigan to win the national championship, um, you know, before the season. And I want to pick him today. But this Alabama team is just playing much better. I'm going with Alabama to win. I'm going to pick them to beat Michigan. All right. And then we got later on that night, Texas and Washington. Um, you know, this is another really exciting game. Uh, Texas has had a really good defense, but they have been a little bit susceptible to the pass. Um, we know Washington um, and Michael Penix are very explosive in the passing game. Um, as we sit here tonight, um, Texas is a four and a half point favorite. That line's been pretty steady. That's about where it opened. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and say that I'm going to take Texas in this game. Um, I think they are the better team. Um, I think the main thing for me is their defensive line is just such a dominant group. And to me, like, once you get in these big games, you know, that defensive line is really the difference a lot of times in these big uh, big national championship type games. You know, and I'm, I'm opposite of you. I'm going with Washington. I'm a big believer in Penix and Kalen DeBoer. Love what they've done this year. I've been saying since midseason, they've been playing like the best team all season. I'm not going to doubt them. Um, I'm going with Washington to win this game. I like them to go to the Natty. So you and I have completely different winners, different national championships. I got Washington versus Bama. You've got Michigan versus Texas. Either way, both of those games will be fun. That's right. And um, we're not going to pick the national championship because we will have another podcast in two weeks where we um, talk about – all the bowl games and preview the national championship game and anything else that might be going on. And man, that was a lot of games that took us. It was exhausting. That was exhausting. <laughs> and we didn't even, I feel like we didn't even like go into a ton of detail about them either. And it took 47 minutes for us to do that. Yeah. Imagine those like ESPN broadcasters. Like if we were one of those earpieces, they'd be like, wrap it up, wrap it up, wrap it up. Yep. I mean, that's, that's what I was thinking the whole time. Um, so, uh, before we get out of here, we did want to just go ahead and update everyone on what's going on in the transfer portal. Um, I'm just going to go through all the sec teams real quick and just kind of talk about, um, some things that are going on. Um, some of them don't have a lot going on at all, so it won't take too long. Um, and then, you know, some teams have really <laughs> made an impression that we might take another minute or two to talk about them. Um, so I'm just going to run through them real quick in alphabetical order. JB, feel free to chime in um, if you have any comments or anything like that. Um, starting with Alabama, only one pickup, but it is a big one. 
Um, LT Overton, defensive tackle from AM, did commit to Alabama today. Um, so that's a big pickup for uh, for Nick Saban. Um, you know, obviously a tough loss for for AM, but uh, good to see for them. Um, you know, Alabama just need they need more talent. You know, yeah, they're they're really struggling in the talent department. But I mean, also for Alabama, they're not going to be really as active in the portal right now because they're chasing Natty. That's right. I mean, it's kind of hard to recruit and prepare for a national championship at the same time. But uh, you know, just like I said, uh, LT Overton is a really highly recruited player. I believe he's initially from the state of Georgia, but um, went to A and M and now transferring to Alabama. Um, also um, related to Georgia, um, going over to Arkansas, um, Xavier Sorley, linebacker from uh, Georgia, has transferred to Arkansas. So um, former five-star, really big pickup uh, for Arkansas. And then um, I don't know if you saw, they also picked up the quarterback from Boise, Taylor Green. Um, really, really big guy. Um, you know, had a solid season. Got a few years left. Um, so solid pickup for them. Um, as far as Auburn goes, not really much to say. They haven't really been too active in the portal. Freeze is much more concerned with high school recruiting, and they have a big-time class coming in. Um, going to Florida, they did pick up a defensive back from Oregon, um, Triquez Bridges. Um, so that's a solid pickup for them. They've actually lost a few guys in the portal. Um, so good to see them uh, pick someone up. Um, Georgia, you know, we did talk about uh, on the last podcast, uh, London Humphreys from receiver from Vanderbilt, um, that he was kind of, you know, looking like he was going to go to uh, Georgia. That did happen. He did commit there. Um, but that's the only portal uh, addition for Georgia to this point. You know, they're, again, they're one of those teams that's mostly going to be high. I mean, when you're recruiting, like, you know, four and five star players out of high school, you don't have to worry about the portal as much. Exactly. Um, but w one of the teams that's really been impressive is uh, Kentucky. Um, they picked up a few pieces. Uh, Jamori Macklin, receiver from North Texas. Um, he's actually the cousin of uh, Jeremy Macklin, former Missouri receiver. I was a stud. Yeah, he was awesome. But uh, Jamori had 57 catches for 1,004 yards and 11 touchdowns this season. So solid pickup for them. And uh, this was kind of a fun stat, but 68.4% um, of his catches were for first downs or touchdowns. So um, good to see Kentucky uh, be able to pick up some playmakers on the outside. Um, you know, we did talk about Brock Vandergriff going there last time. Um, on the last podcast, so um, got a good target for him to throw to, as well as uh, Raymond Cottrell, um, highly rated receiver from AM. Um, he redshirted this year, but still got plenty of years left and really talented. Um, they also picked up a running back from Ohio State, Trip Trayanum. Trayanum. <laughs> Trianal. Is that his name? Um, so, uh, <laughs> sorry, at least, at least I can make, you tried, sorry, I can make JB laugh, but, uh, this is a guy who was on, uh, Bruce Feldman's freak list before the season started. Um, you know, he freak. was, a, he was a decent running back for Ohio state, but he's really explosive, um, really fast physical guy. And you know that Mark Stoops knows what he's doing with those running backs. So, um, very dirty. I know. All right, JB, <laughs> let's rein it in. <laughs> Um, and then, uh, we did talk about AJ Swan entering the portal last time he is committed to LSU. Um, we also talked about, um, Xavier Thomas receiver at Mississippi state. He also transferred to LSU and, um, 
uh, Jordan Gilbert, safety from AM, um, highly rated transfer. So LSU picking up three other or three players with SEC experience. Um, so that's good to see. Um, Mississippi State picked up a commitment from uh, receiver um, Kelly Akari from UTEP, a thousand yard receiver in Carmen USA this year. Uh, Cameron Ball, a tight end from Buffalo, who is a four-star on 247 in the transfer rankings. And his brother, Justin, who um, is also a tight end from Vanderbilt. He did not um, play as much, though. Um, but uh, I think the good thing for Mississippi State is they paid out some offensive linemen. McKaylin Pounders from Memphis. Ethan Miner from North Texas, who graded out really well. And um, Marley Martinez from LSU. And uh, I don't think we talked about this last time, but... Uh, Blake Shapin, quarterback from Baylor, mm-hmm. committed to Mississippi State. So, looks like he's going to be the quarterback there next year. He's got one year of eligibility left. Um, former Big 12 championship player of the game. So, you got an experienced quarterback going to Starkville next year. Yeah, and you know him and Lebby are familiar with each other uh, from their time in the Big 12. So, uh, Shapin is uh, excited to play in Lebby's offense, and Lebby's familiar with Shapin and what he can do. So, interesting to see how that goes. Um, but probably the team that, uh, deserves the most recognition in the transfer portal right now, JB is Ole Miss. And I do want to take a little bit longer to talk about them, but, uh, Chris Paul linebacker from Georgia, um, is the guy they picked up Uh Prince. I'm not even going to try to say this guy's last name. Do you know how to say it? I don't, but I know who you're talking about. Princely defensive end from Florida was, uh, he's a stud. Yeah. Stud. All conference player, uh, Tyler Barron, another stud from Tennessee, um, Juice Wells from South Carolina. Stud. Yeah, great player, but you know he was a little bit banged up this year. But you know, last fourteen hundred yard receiver. Yeah, two years last ago. year was a big time receiver, and then they also pick up DeCameron Richardson, um, defensive back from Mississippi State. So, um, and then they're also in the game for Walter Nolan, the leader for him. So he tweeted out, yeah, he tweeted out a final two today of Ole Miss and Oregon. But it looks like you know Ole Miss is getting the most traction with him. So. uh Man, I mean, I don't know, like, is, I mean, I have two questions. Number one, for you, JB, um, do you think this is more related to Lane Kiffin and his recruiting, or is this related to all NIL? Why don't you answer that question first, then I have another question. I'm going to say this is um, more of uh, what Lane Kiffin wants to do, rather than NIL. I think he's promising NIL money. Whether or not they have the money, I don't know. But I think this is more or less, this is Lane Kiffin and his influence. Yeah, I do wonder, but I don't like, because I don't know exactly how these conversations go, but whatever Lane Kiffin is saying is what it's they want to hear. <laughs> He's telling them what they want to hear. It's more like uh, credit, you know, back back before the stock market crash, like buying stuff on credit, worry about it later. He's just bringing these players in on credit, worry about the, you know, everything that's going to happen, you know, 12 months from now. Yeah. And I mean, it does kind of make sense. I mean, like, you know, once they get them on campus, like, you know, I don't know who's in charge of the Grove Collective or like how, <laughs> how any of that stuff works. Apparently the CEO of Realtree, I've heard, is a big booster. Yeah, I've heard that also. I mean, it's not like Realtree is the biggest company in the no. world either. I mean, it's, I it's, mean it's, it's, it's a brand, but I mean, it's not like Under Armour or Nike. Isn't Tim Cook a Auburn guy? I believe so. I mean, they could probably buy a real tree like a thousand times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, I think this is more Lane Kiffin and his influence in recruiting and 
I mean, I'm not, I'm not want to knock Lane Kiffin at all, but you know, he could definitely be exaggerating, saying some things they want to hear. And I think honestly, I mean, that's one thing we're saying, but I honestly think that uh, Lane Kiffin is telling these guys, I got a lot of guys coming back. You all, y'all are the missing pieces for us to go out and win a, a natty next year. Cause that, you yeah. know, they're, he's pitching their schedule. He's pitching what they have coming back. They won 10 games this year. They got pretty much most of their key position players coming back next year. They're pushing all their chips to the table. They're going all in next year. And I think we're going to see a lot of that in college football, you know, in the next five, 10 years, because of this new playoff, the way the schedules are going to align, there's going to be coaches that may just be like, okay, we're not going to go as hard this year, but we're going to save up for next year. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, just like you said, they won 10 games this year. Um, we're going to 12 team playoff next year. So had there been a 12 team playoff this year, they would have been in the playoffs. So they can set, they can legitimately sell the opportunity to be a playoff contending team next year. Yeah. I mean, um, right now, I mean, they're going to be picked to make the playoff pretty much by most pundits next year. Yeah. Their schedule is, is very favorable next year. It is. People are going to be saying 10 or 11 wins easily. Yeah. Um, you know, they do still have some holes on the offensive line. Um, you know, they've, they had a lot of holes on defense, but they've done a really good job of filling that up. Um, you know, we know Jackson Dart, Quinchon Judkins are going to be back next year. So, um, you know, I mean, yeah, I completely understand. I mean, Ole Miss is in a position right now where they're thinking, Hey, this is a golden opportunity for us. Um, you know, and you got to give Lane Kiffin credit for, you know, however he's pitching this, um, it's obviously working. Um, but my next question was going to be, do you believe that Ole Miss is a national title contender next year? With these pieces, absolutely. I don't know. Like, it's hard for me to say it because, you know, we've never called Ole Miss a national title contender. Um, but with these pieces they're picking up, you know, a lot of things can happen that can fall their way. I don't think they're on the same, you know, talent level as as Georgia and Alabama. But, you know, they can, they're still in that second tier. That's, you know, between teams between programs between, you know, four and seven, I think going into next year. And I, you it's know, just, it's, it's all about, it's all about chemistry. If these guys can gel, they are absolutely a national title contender. It's just such a big gap from between like, you know, Ole Miss and Missouri and Penn state mm-hmm. and like that tier of teams in college football. And like Georgia and Alabama and Michigan, Michigan Ohio, Ohio State. State, like it just seems like it's just Texas. such a big gap. Like, so I don't know. It's man, it's tough. Like, but there's always a team from that tier that's going to rise out of that tier. Like this year, Washington is a team that rose from that tier. You know that. You know, yet you don't expect. Or Florida State, even. You know, Florida State. I mean, it's still right. a talented team, but you had two teams that rose from that tier that outperformed their expectations. Ole Miss is going to probably be the team that's favored to rise out of that tier next year. Right. Well, um, we will go ahead and leave it there, but I'm sure this offseason we'll spend plenty of time talking about um, Ole Miss. I mean, I think they're kind of the talk of the offseason right now, um, and I think that a lot of people will be picking them to make the playoff. I think most people will be picking them to make the playoff I'll be, next I'll be surprised if people don't pick them to make the playoff. Right. Um, but we will just, you know, just for time's sake, go ahead and move on. Um, so South Carolina, um, they added Kyle Kenner, defensive end from Georgia. Um, DeAndre Jules, a highly rated defensive lineman from Pitt. Um, and then, of course, adding Rocket Sanders, running back from Arkansas. Um, obviously was 
one of the best players in the country two seasons, or I guess last season technically because it's still this season. We're looking um, at it like two seasons ago now. 2022 was a great season for him. 2023 was banged up for most of the season. Um, you know, running game was obviously a problem for South Carolina. Um, how confident are you that Rocket Sanders can get back to full health for next season? That's the problem. I just that offense that he's going to is just not the offense I think he can showcase himself. I don't know what, you know, South Carolina's NIL gave him, but it's just that, you know, the last few years they've not been able to run the ball very well at all. And that was with Spencer Rattler. Now you're going to have a – I don't know who their quarterback's going to be next year, but it's not going to be Spencer Rattler. Um, South Carolina's schedule, I don't know if you looked at it, it is very tough next year. Um, it, you know, I'm not even going to dive into, you know, wins and losses, but – I think chances are more likely than not it's gonna it could be a repeat of this prior season for South Carolina. So it's it's not pretty. I'm kind of scratching my head on that. I feel like Rocket Sanders could have gone to a more dynamic offense. Yeah, I just sometimes I wonder like because some of these transfers just don't make a ton of sense. Like I just don't know like how some like some of these guys are is because I know Rocket Sanders has a relationship with uh, South Carolina's offense coordinator because of his time at Arkansas, mm -hmm. but also, um, you know, I just don't know how many teams were, were pushing for him. Like was Arkansas really pushing to have him back? Were there other schools who were really after him? Because I feel like this time last year, you know, he could have gone anywhere in the country. Right. And right now it just kind of feels like, you know, it's almost like South Carolina's taking a chance on him. It kind of feels like just because of like the way the season played out for him. But, you know, I certainly hope that he gets back to full strength and that he shows up for Argon for, uh, for South Carolina next season. Um, you know, wish him all the best there. Um, so switching over to Tennessee, only one transfer right now, uh, but it is a highly rated one. Um, Holden stays, I think is his name. Tight Holden end. stays. Yeah. Yeah. Tight end from Notre Dame. So that's a big pickup for them. Um, so, uh, be exciting to see him in Hypo's offense next season. Um, Texas A&M picked up a receiver from La Tech, Cyrus Allen, um, as well as a defensive back from Kansas State, Willie the third. Um, and then, like we mentioned earlier, Vanderbilt, um, they picked up uh, Utah transfer quarterback Nate Johnson. So I think that'll be a, a good pickup for them. So um, they definitely need to do a little bit more work um, in the portal because they've lost so much. They lost a lot of skill position players in the portal. And man, it's just it's really going to be hard for them to replace players because of with Vanderbilt's academic standards, you can't just take transfers like some of these other schools can. You really can't. It's hard. It's just going to be hard to win at Vanderbilt, I think, going forward. And this new culture we have, it it was already a difficult program to win at. Now you got the NIL culture. You got the transfer portal. Guys fall out there. They're probably not going to stay. And then you got Oklahoma and Texas coming in the conference too. I mean. I feel bad for Clarkley. I like Clarkley. He finished two and ten this year. Glance at their schedule next year. Could be very similar. Yeah. Well, hopefully for his sake, uh, they'll be able to turn some things around. But um, that said, we have passed the hour mark on the podcast. Um, did go a little bit longer than we wanted to. Feel like we say that every time, but we had a lot of bowl games to get through. We had a lot and, of talk uh, about. Yeah, we did. And unfortunately, uh, because of uh, our schedules, we haven't been able to. Uh, record as much um these past couple weeks um so just trying to get it all in in one episode uh, but we will be back with you guys after the new year um to break down uh all the bowl games and any more um transfer news that comes out of course we got national signing day coming up tomorrow 
Um, so a lot of stuff to, uh, to keep you guys updated on. And then, you know, we'll be excited to, uh, continue on the off season. May start talking a little basketball, maybe, maybe, maybe pre- starting to get into uh, sec basketball play. So the next time we, uh, do our podcast, maybe we can give a little brief, uh, sec basketball preview. Oh yeah, absolutely. So we'll go ahead and do that. And then, you know, baseball's around the corner. And then of course we'll always be talking about football year round. So, um, you know, if you would please uh, like and uh, subscribe to the podcast, it helps us out a lot. Um, if you would leave us a rating, um, and if you would, uh, you know, follow us on social media, Instagram and Twitter at SCC Slow Smoked. Um, you can always DM us any questions you may have for the show. Um, you can also email us SCC Slow Smoked at gmail.com. Um, but that's all. That's all we got. Unless uh, JB, do you have any life advice for everyone? No advice, but uh, I would just tell people enjoy the holiday season because. Uh, it only comes once a year. Life is short. And spending the time with your family, like I said in the last podcast, watch a Christmas movie every day with your significant other other, or your children, close friends, family, whoever. But, you know, enjoy this season. I mean, it's it's really is the greatest time of year. We got a lot of great sports. College football, NFL seasons coming up near the end. Uh, we got college basketball season. You know, it's, it's an NHL, NBA. It's a great time for sports. That's right. And I could not say it any better myself. Um, so we'll go ahead and uh, end it here. But um, until next time, enjoy your bowl season.